What's up, everybody? It's Pastor James. Welcome back to our midweek Bible study. Today, we are going to finish up chapter 3. And if you remember last week, as we began talking about chapter 3, the whole chapter is about uh, the wisdom that we gain from trusting in God. And one of the things we have talked about is that sometimes uh, the book of Proverbs doesn't seem like it's a spiritual book because it talks so much about wisdom. But if you follow what Solomon is saying and what he keeps referring to from time to time in the book as a whole, and especially in this chapter, is that it's very easy to see that this is a spiritual book and that true wisdom comes only from God. It only comes from the spiritual and uh, true wisdom comes from the Lord. So read with me uh, chapter 3, verses 19 through 26, and we'll finish up chapter 3 today. It says, By wisdom the Lord founded the earth, by understanding he created the heavens. By his knowledge the deep fountains of the earth burst forth, and the dew settles beneath the night sky. My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them. For they will refresh your soul. They are like jewels on a necklace. They keep you safe on your way, and your feet will not stumble. You can go to bed without fear. You will lie down and sleep soundly. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked. For the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. All right. well let's talk about verses 19 through 20. Because the beginning of existence, of the earth, of life, of civilization, etc., on and on and on, is something that has deeply fascinated humanity from the very beginning. Every culture, every tribe, every group of people throughout history has had their own version of creation, and uh, even most have had an account of the worldwide flood. Um, And I say this because creation is very important because it's the one thing that Satan would love for all people to doubt. Many people in the scientific community fight very hard against our belief of the beginning, that God created everything, that he created life. And it's something that many people struggle with. And because we have such a small and undescriptive account of how God did all this, there's something within us that just wants to understand and to, to have the knowledge of how it happened and how God did that. But the thing that you have to remember about the Bible is that it doesn't call us to understand. It simply calls us to believe. We have to be willing to accept the simple notion that God created all things. We don't need to understand how. We don't even need to really understand when. We just need to know that God did it, and we need to accept that, and accept the fact that there's a lot of things that we don't know, and we probably never will know. Now, verses 19 to 20 are not descriptive. They're not detailed. It is a simple statement that you and I must choose to accept or reject, and Solomon, in all of his wisdom, fully believes in the same account of creation or the beginning as we read in Genesis, and because Solomon doesn't even understand how God did it, it at least gives him the understanding that God is infinitely more knowledgeable and capable and wise in order to be able to create all things. It is much bigger than we could have ever imagined with over 250 billion galaxies 
and more being discovered every day. The simple fact that there are black holes and all these theoretical things that we see but we can't understand, that we can't really explain. And even to the point of what we understand to be the smallest cells or molecules or atoms or protons or neutrons or electrons or even quarks. The simple fact that the universe is ever expanding. It is so big and yet it's getting bigger. And even what we understood before as the smallest things in matter that we're discovering things uh, regularly that are even smaller than what we could before. Everything is much more extensive than we realize. The big things are much bigger than we thought. The small things are much smaller than we ever thought. And God, in all his wisdom, created all this, physical matter, everything, life. In his wisdom, God founded the earth and created the heavens. He set them in their place. And I don't know if you've ever wondered how it just all stays there. I mean, technically, we're all moving, but yet we are stable, which to me is mind-boggling. Verse 20 talks about the fountains of the deep and the dew from the sky. And I don't know if you've ever wondered how in the world water falls from the sky and yet it runs down it, it, it is pulled by gravity and it finds every nook and crevice and uh, having experience and building and doing roofing over the past uh, few years you know just understanding that water is your greatest enemy um, for for architects for engineers for builders water is the ultimate juggernaut that you cannot control or predict it will find a hole it will work its way into whatever you are doing wherever you don't want it to go that's where it will go it will seep through rocks it will seep through soil it will run underground there are underground rivers and yet at the same time water is amazing because it flows up from the earth I don't know if you've ever had the experience to uh, go to a natural spring and see the water bubbling up from the earth, but it can do that um, in normal elevations, but also water can bubble up from the earth in mountaintops. And you just say, okay, well, if water is constantly being pulled down by gravity, how in the world can water be forced up in certain places to come out to just run back downhill again? But God set all this in place. He's created... And earth that in its own way is living, it's moving, it's breathing. The earth is processing everything. The earth is making other things. And in his wisdom, God did this. It is absolutely amazing. In two verses, Solomon explains that God's wisdom was used to do something that sounds simple. Because it's just two short verses. But when you really begin to break down what those two verses mean and think about what they're referring to, it's infinitely complicated. And it's this wonderful topic that scientists have spent centuries trying to understand and explain, and they're still only scratching the surface to discover what God did in all that. And so verses uh, 19 and 20 deal a lot with faith. It deals a lot with just trusting in God and believing that in his wisdom, he did this. And just accepting that, that's huge. So verses 21 through 26 should not be surprising as they follow because these verses, they uh, <clears throat> they don't implore us to understand God's wisdom. It merely calls us to not lose sight of common sense and discernment. 
And it's really sad that we live in a world where education has been elevated to such a point that we technically have the most educated group of people to ever exist on the planet. But at the same time, we are also a group of people where common sense and discernment are lacking more than ever before. And I don't know about you, but are you really surprised that the most educated generation of people that ever existed are also the most depressed? They're the most anxious. They're the most mentally unstable generation we've ever had. And in society where one of the most common traits of poverty is obesity, why do people feel hopeless? Why do they feel lost? Why do they feel alone? Why do they feel so desperate? And when you look at all this, it's sad to think that we are a generation that's had access to more education than anyone else in the history of the world. We've had access to more food, more comfort, more shelter. We've had all this more than anyone else in the world, and yet, at the same time, we are the most unstable and uh, needy generation probably to ever live. Um, you know, to understand that we serve a God that has created all things, and He's in all things, and in His wisdom that He brought us forth, <coughs> that is a very comforting thing. And to understand that God is in control and that we're not in control, it's a very freeing realization. When we rely on God, we can be happy and joyful. And if you remember uh, verses 5 and 6 from last week, trust in the Lord, don't depend on yourself, acknowledge God, and He will make your path straight. Now that's the shorthand form of those two verses. But common sense and discernment are basic things that are achievable by almost anyone who's willing to pay attention enough to realize how important they are. You know, Solomon wrote, Wisdom shouts in the streets. It's available even to the simple-minded. None of us are disqualified to receive wisdom. None of us are disqualified to receive common sense. And none of us are disqualified to receive discernment. These are very important things, and we take them for granted. You know, we have valued education and knowledge over really just the simple necessity, the things of necessity, which is wisdom and discernment and um, common sense. And that's really sad because it's available. And if you look at what these verses say, it says that wisdom, or not wisdom, but discernment and, uh, oh, let's see. Common sense, I keep on forgetting that for some reason, but common sense and discernment, they're like jewels. You know, a necklace is a necklace, but a necklace that has a jewel hanging from it draws more attention. It is the beautiful thing that makes the necklace special. It hangs around our neck. And common sense and discernment, Scripture says, will keep you safe. And it will keep your feet steady as you walk through this life so that you don't stumble. And how awesome is it? To be able to lay down at night and not worry or stress or be afraid. How great is it to sleep an entire night and wake up feeling like you actually rested in the morning? And I don't know about you guys, but there's been times where I've went to bed and slept and felt like I didn't sleep at all. And it's so awesome to get up in the morning and to feel good and actually feel like you rested and you did sleep. There's no anxiety or fear for those who trust in the Lord. And yes, there are some people who will be more prone to those things. 
but when you feel those emotions and those those thoughts welling up within you, if we realize the need to cry out to God and profess and proclaim our faith and our trust in Him, I really do believe that God is faithful. And it may be more of a fight for some people. It may be more of a struggle for some people. But God is faithful and we must believe that he can help us overcome these things in our life. We don't have to be afraid of bad things happening. God is in control. Again, these are not promises, but these are principles. And so if you're willing to step out on faith and live according to the principles, these are things that we should hope to experience. And, and God is our security. He will keep us from stumbling into a trap. We can never forget that we live in a sinful world with an enemy that is trying to snare us and God can guide us and help keep us from Satan's traps. But we must trust and believe in him. We must trust and believe in God and cherish the common sense and discernment that is so readily available to us. Okay? Well, let's read verses 27 through 35 and we'll finish up the chapter together. It says, Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say, come back tomorrow, and then I'll help you. Don't plot harm against your neighbor, for those who live nearby trust you. Don't pick a fight without reason when no one has done you harm. Don't envy violent people or copy their ways. Such wicked people are detestable to the Lord, but he offers his friendship to the godly. The Lord curses the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the upright. The Lord mocks the mockers, but he is gracious to the humble. The wise inherit honor, but fools are put to shame. Okay? So, the whole of chapter 3 has centered around trusting in God and the wisdom that comes from trusting him. These last few verses of the chapter change gears a little bit and focus back on what should happen when we do trust in God. So when we have common sense and discernment and wisdom, there's a consequence or a reaction that should take place in dealing with people around you in this world if you have common sense and discernment and wisdom. And never forget that God calls us to be obedient to Him and to love others. Jesus made that crystal clear in the New Testament as He shared the most important commandment to love God and love your neighbors yourself. And so if you break down the Ten Commandments and study them, the first four deal with God, the last six deal with other people. And your main goal as a believer is to please God and to love other people. And in all honesty, it's very difficult to please God if you don't love other people. So they go hand in hand with one another. This is why Jesus combined the two as the most important commandment. And we can never forget that. So verse 27 calls us to never withhold from others who deserve it when we have the power to help them. And this is where common sense and discernment come into play. If you have those two things, you will know when someone deserves it or when they don't. You won't have to fret or worry. You will just know. Verse 28 tells us not to delay, but to help them now when they ask and when they need it. And one of the biggest temptations that we have as Christians is to say that I don't have time for this right now. Especially as Americans, our answer is usually to throw money at problems and throw money at people to get them to go away because our time is more valuable than money. We understand we can make more money 
But many times people need us more than they need our money. They need our time much more than they need our money. And we are called by God to help them when they need it in the moment. And we're reminded of that in verses 27 and 28. Now verses 29 and 30 are truly common sense items. And you don't need me to break this down for you. You shouldn't... You shouldn't plan harm against people, and you shouldn't pick fights with people. That doesn't need to be explained. Um, not everyone is going to be easy to love, and but it doesn't matter. You are called by God to love everyone all the same, and you can't love people that you are harming or fighting with. You can't truly love them. And so there's this need for us to be peaceful, to not harm others, but love them, and not to fight with them, but to get along with other people. Now, verses 31 through 32 are great verses because we are probably, we probably do this more than we would like to admit, but there are people in this world that we admire. We buy their brands, we pay to watch them uh, perform, to do things, and in a way, we desire to be like them. And some of the people uh, that I'm... that we can think of have prospered and they're really good at what they do. They're really good at something. And it it makes us desire to be around them and to be like them. And I always think of professional athletes more than anyone else, uh, but also musicians, Hollywood actors. And, And you have to be really careful because now people are much more interested in like very successful businessmen but also even pastors we can talk about this from a religious sense too that that there are are christian music artists and even pastors at large churches who are very successful and it makes us want to emulate them it makes us want to be like them to copy them and to uh desire them and we are called not to copy violent or wicked people. We have to be really careful because we don't always know who those people are. And the sad thing is, is in our culture, there are a lot of people who have been very successful and have done violent and wicked things and yet have been excused for those things because of their success in the past. Now that's changing a lot with social media and cameras everywhere and people really seeing stuff more than what we used to. So stuff like that is changing, but there's still a sense of that to a certain extent. We have to be very careful. We should never want to copy anyone that isn't living for the Lord. It may not be a glorious life in this world to just be normal and good-hearted and loving towards other people, but at least you get to be a friend of God. And that's one of the things it says, that if you if you are kind and loving, that you'll be a friend of, of the Lord. Um, So verse 33 says it all. God curses the wicked, but he blesses the home of the upright, and he mocks and makes mockers look foolish, but he is gracious to the humble. Now, chapter 3 finishes up with a great principle. Again, not a promise, but a principle. The wise will inherit honor. Now, one of the things that Solomon talks about a lot in Proverbs is inheritance. Okay, and I I talk about this a lot because I think it's important for for parents to realize this too um, that an inheritance is a huge blessing. You know, most people in the world will never get to experience what it's like to receive an inheritance. 
most people will end up footing the bill for their family in the end. So as your loved ones, your older loved ones pass on, more than likely you will end up paying for their burial cost or um, their funeral arrangements or the paying off their home, paying off their debts or you know something like that. Typically, most people aren't left with an inheritance. And so it's a huge blessing. And children of God are promised an inheritance all throughout Scripture, from Old Testament to New Testament. That's something that's affirmed over and over and over again. And Solomon talks about how a wise person will leave an inheritance. And uh, a wise person will inherit honor. Now, honor is not just something that comes quickly, but honor comes in time. You know, I think about... uh, the things of the Lord, they always come slower than the things of the world. And so anything that's good is worth waiting for. And I was thinking about, as I was doing, getting ready to do the study, that um, I attended a funeral a couple weeks ago of this man named Rufus Bonner. And he's the brother of one of the great ladies of our church. He was 94 years old. And so um, I've known... Mr. Bonner for the last 23 years of his life, um, and I knew him pretty well. I, I knew he was a good man and always had people testify to things that he did in the name of Jesus, um, but as I was attending his funeral, uh, his funeral was a wonderful testimony to the godly life that the, the man lived. I mean, his funeral was a time of honoring his life because it deserved honor and the hundreds of people who were there knew it. And the, everyone there agreed and testified to the kind of man he was and all the good things that he did. You know, things of God never come quickly. They take time. But a wise person knows that all good things come with time and patience. And anything that's good is worth waiting for. But fools don't understand that. Fools take shortcuts. Fools cheat. Fools harm. Fools withhold. And yes, many times those people who take those routes prosper for a short time. But the Lord will put them to shame in due time. And it's all about trusting in God that He's faithful to do all that He's claimed He would do. I mean, the question is, will you cling to common sense in the sermon? Will you simply trust God and wait for Him to move? And wait for Him to honor what He said He would do? I sure hope so, because if you do... You'll find wisdom. And I'm standing here today as I'm recording this, and I'm 39 years old. Now, to some of you, that I'm old compared to you. To others of you listening, I may still be very young. But in the 23 years that I have served Christ, I can testify that I have seen countless times how God has done all of these things that we have read about today. Everything that we've read about in Proverbs chapter 3, it has been affirmed over and over and over again in my life and in experiences in my life. And God has been 100% faithful in them. And there is no desire in my life to deviate from these teachings or to live any other way. And I hope and pray that each of you will trust in the Lord and believe in Him And live by these principles because in due time they will pay off. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you so much again for another wonderful day. 
Thank you for speaking into our hearts and lives, and thank you for your word. I pray that you would help us to have trust and faith in you, that even in the things we don't understand or comprehend, you would give us the ability to trust and believe in you. Jesus, we thank you for everything that you've done and ask that you would watch over us and guide us. We love you and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning in for another week. We love you. We're praying for you. And as always, we hope to see you on campus. And if you can't make it, catch us on Facebook, YouTube, or the podcast. Have a great week.